fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. It's episode number 290, Days of Thunder. I kind of feel like with this one being a racing movie, I should say, it's episode number 290, Days of Thunder. And it's John and Pat. And Bo is here too. I kind of feel like I should do it that way, but maybe not. It might <laughs> well, get obnoxious. I mean, it might get obnoxious if I did that for the entire episode. Possibly, but you never know. You never know unless you try. It's it's our podcast. We can do what we want. It's our party. We can cry if we want to. That's that's darn skippy. Yeah. And if nobody listens, then I'm I'm sorry. We'll never do it again. (laughs) All right. But it is episode number two ninety. And as you can hear, I've got Bo. I've got Pat. Bo, Pat, how's it going? Great. Excellent. Excellent. Good to be with you this evening. As it's it's always fun to be with you, gentlemen. Here and and um. You know, I, coming down turn four. Hopefully, we all make it through turn four by the end of this podcast. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so um, I, you can probably tell we're, we're kind of pumped up. We've got, uh, you know, we, we've got fresh tires for this one. We're ready to go. So that's probably going to be the extent of my NASCAR knowledge for this one and the but terminology. Running, so, but are we running our way or are we running Harry's way? I, it's up to you. Harry's way. Harry, wait, Harry beat him by forty seconds or whatever. Forty it was. seconds mm-hmm. and doesn't or doesn't burn up the tires. Mm-hmm. so we spoil freely just be warned we're, we're going to and I, we probably already have so uh itunes reviews leave us a five-star review because we would love that that would be awesome thank you so much and visit our website 30podcast.com it's got all the different ways that you can find out more about our podcast find all of our old episodes that would be amazing we would absolutely love it thank you so much rumors that the did you guys see the movie the edge of tomorrow or or some people or it, before yes. that it was titled live die repeat yes okay pat did you see that one no i've got no no i, I haven't i feel like you would really like that one that's the one where tom cruise uh gets stuck in the time loop and he okay. has to there it's like an aliens have invaded the earth and we're not really winning like we're kind of losing and uh, I, I forget i forget the reason why tom cruise gets kind of drafted into the battle I, he does something and they kind of they like force him to go into battle and in one of the very first fights he's in like they just kind of throw him in there knowing he's probably going to die they're just throwing him out there okay. as, as like a punishment basically and um he ends up getting uh i want to give give away too much of the movie but he ends up getting like the blood of this one particular kind of alien splashed on him in the battle mm-hmm. and what you find out is these aliens have the ability to kind of manipulate time a little bit okay. and so what happens is after he gets the blood of this alien splashed on him in the battle then he gets killed 
And all okay. of a sudden he wakes up and he starts the same day over again. So it's kind of like mm. if Groundhog Day was an alien invasion movie with Tom Cruise as the action hero. That that's what you'd have. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Like he starts to, you know, there are plenty of other times where he, you know, tries to go into it. He's like, I know exactly what's going to happen. And then he gets killed again. And then he starts to figure out, he's like, wait a minute, if I do this, then I will live. And he's like, Hey, I made it. And then he gets killed like a second later. And then, so he keeps like learning from his mistakes and he keeps replaying the same thing over and over and over again. Um, Mm -hmm. until ultimately, you know, there are some other twists and turns to it, but, um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a really fun movie. So I, Pat, I feel like it'd be one you probably would like. Nice. Okay. Well, it'll go on the list. So put it, put it on your list, put it on your list that you're sharing with your, uh, your student teacher too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but that's a good one. So anyway, they've been wanting to do edge of tomorrow too for a little while. And it, I guess schedule wise for a long time. Yeah. I guess schedule wise between the director, between Tom Cruise, between Emily Blunt, uh, she was the actress in that one. They're having a mm-hmm. little bit of trouble kind of coordinating, but I guess all three of them really want to do it. So, okay. So that's been kind of the news that they're really hoping that they, they said that maybe things have started to move forward to maybe to be able to do that. But this kind of bleeds into my only other thing that I have to talk about movie news wise this time around is one of the reasons it might not happen is because Emily Blunt, who is also married to John Krasinski from The Office and um, the Quiet Place. The, uh, the, what's it, the Quiet Place, yep, um, and the Jack Ryan TV show and all that. Um, there are rumors that Emily Blunt and John Krasinski may be cast to play Reed Richards and Sue Storm in a new Fantastic Four movie. Well, uh, that could be interesting. So, I want to know why everyone keeps wanting to go back to the Fantastic Four. I feel like that's one that we've maybe played out. Well, I kind of feel like, I feel like people feel like it hasn't been done correctly yet. I feel like, well, I mean, because the Fantastic Four is really, I mean, that's a lot of times when you think of Marvel, like now when people think of Marvel, they're like, oh, Thor and Iron Man. And I, well, really, years ago, in the, if you look at the history of Marvel Comics, you would not have, if you said Marvel Comics, the first thing you would jump to would not have been Iron Man. Iron Man right. was really kind of like a second tier character. And Thor, I'd say Thor, probably kind of a second tier character too. Your big characters were pretty much the Fantastic Four, uh, Spider-Man and the X-Men and maybe Incredible Hulk. But I mean, a lot of it ever since they were first created, I feel like Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, those were like the, you know, the, the flagship characters of Marvel comics. And and so I kind of get the feeling that, you know, especially with, especially with Disney kind of owning everything now when it comes to Marvel being such a family centric company, I feel like they, maybe want to have the chance to take a shot at the fantastic four. And cause that's what that comic was really all about. Like it, it always has always had kind of a family theme to it. Um, it was never one of the more, from what I recall, it was never one of the more violent comics. Um, it was always something that whether you were a young kid, whether you were a teenager, whether you were an adult, you probably were going to enjoy those stories just cause they seem to be written in a way that everybody could relate to them. So I get right. the feeling that's probably why they keep trying to come back to it because they feel like if they can do it right, if if done right, no can defense. So I kind of feel like that's that's why they keep trying to do it. So I, it could be interesting. I liked the old Fantastic Four movies. The newer one that they tried to do, it was not great. Um, you know, it, it was entertaining in some ways, but um, I did like the first one they did, uh, you know, a little while back where like Chris Evans was the mm-hmm. Human Torch and uh, was it Jessica Alba was Sue Storm in that one? Yep. Or, yeah. So I like those movies. I, I didn't have a problem with those, but I know some people didn't like those. 
That one wasn't bad. It was the one after it that was painful. Oh, the Silver Surfer? Yeah. Yeah. It was okay. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't the best, but there were things I didn't like about that movie, but that would be an entire podcast for me to go through some of the problems I had with that movie. (laughs) I still had fun watching it, but I had problems. Are you gentlemen ready to go ahead and get started? Drivers, search your engines. I, I think that's the perfect way to do it. Gentlemen, start your engines. We could make fake uh, car sounds here if we want to. We could. We could. Do you guys remember the back in the the year was like 1990 something, and <laughs> and do you remember they had this? It was like before memes, but they had this website you could go to, and it was this website that had a picture of I think it was a Formula One racer. And the idea of this yes. website was if you don't laugh at this, you are insane is what the caption said. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. And, it, and it was like, turn up your sound. And, and then you went to the website, it loaded. And it was this picture of this car. And it was like, ring, ding, 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 Like that whole thing. Yes. I will, I will drop the link into uh, Twitter and, and all the other places here. But um, I had to introduce the, the kids to that one the other day. And the funny thing is they, one of them didn't even laugh at all. They just stared at it. They're like, what is this? I'm like, yeah, I know friends. This is nineties internet humor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just, you know what? When, when we're done here, we're going straight to the hamster dance. So oh, gosh. <laughs> you so, don't have the balls. <laughs> so buckle up. <laughs> Oh, I remember that. <laughs> remember that. Oh, there, there, Yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm hamster dancing. Yep. There we go. Ay, ay, ay. The days oh, when the, the days when we were the all young. Blender still out there? Oh, maybe. I'm looking now. Okay. Okay. You can look for that one. All right. Well, oh, in the is. is it okay? Joe cartoon. The website is still there. Is it really okay? Holy mackerel! What right. what cartoon is this? <sighs> what which way? dancing. Only it's a frog in a blender, and he basically taunts <laughs> you and says, "You don't have the balls to blend yep. me." I remember that one. You oh my gosh! Balls. <laughs> I remember oh, that one. Man. All right. Well, as, as we progress, eventually we're going to get to Homestar Runner. That'll be a fun episode. Oh, oh wow. wow. I mean, maybe we, maybe that's the 300th episode. I still haven't sat down and come up with an idea for the 300th episode. Yet, oh so my gosh! Maybe it's, <laughs> I don't think that started in the 90s though. I, I think we're I think that was early 2000s. Homestar Runner. Yeah. No, that had to be around in the 90s. If you it was so? around after if it was around after high school, I'm disappointed in myself. I'm pretty sure. Wikipedia says. The poop smith. See the poop smith in his uh, natural or, habitat. Original, original release, January 1st, 2000. Oh, man. Okay. For the win. After a four-year hiatus beginning in 2010, mm-hmm. Homestar Runner returned with a new holiday tune, April 1st, 2014. Oh, it did? Oh. According to this. Okay. All right. Well, I, we got 10 more years, and then we can cover Homestar Runner. Wow. <sighs> I do, I feel like in 10 years when we get to that point, we just need to do an entire episode just on the Homestar Runner yeah. video and the Strong Bad email videos. And yes. Yeah, strong yeah. Bad. I, I will say, like, of all the people in my family, because Sharon has watched those, my sister has watched those, I've watched those, a bunch of people in my family have. And, and I will say, nearly every time one of us is, like, working on our computer and then we go to check email, somebody always goes email email hope it's from a female and <laughs> that's like that's right. it, if, if somebody's yeah. like what are you doing i'm just checking email checking email you know 
So it, it's it's ingrained in our brains now. That's too funny. Hi. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, at least we have some episodes already in the can for like 10 years from now. Right. We're planning ahead here. Uh, but we're not here for Homestar Runner. We're here for Days of Thunder. That's a slightly different show. Yes. So, so let's, do, let's, let's do Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder came out on the 27th of June, 1990, rated PG-13, with a runtime of one hour and 47 minutes, but slightly faster on the inside lap. Uh, it was directed by Tony Scott, who died in 2012. He also did True Romance and The Fan. Produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson. Don Simpson died in 1996. Bruckheimer did Remember the Titans and Armageddon. Uh, Simpson did Beverly Hills Cop, Top Gun, and The Rock. Writers for this one were Robert Town, who did story and screenplay, and Tom Cruise, who did story. Town also did Mission, let's try that again, Mission Impossible and Tequila Sunrise. And for Tom Cruise, this is actually his only writing credit on, that shows up on IMDb. So if he did anything else, it's not on IMDb. Uh, cinematography done by Ward Russell, who also did The X-Files and The Last Boy Scout. Music by Hans Zimmer, who did Gladiator, Inception, and Man of Steel. The budget was $60 million. The box office was $157.9 million. Rotten Tomatoes critics give this one a 39%. Ouch. Ooh. Um, Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it a 60%. IMDb gives it a 60%. Letterboxd gives it a 58%. And CinemaScore, people who actually saw the movie in the theater and were polled as they came out of the movie, gave it an A. Starring Tom Cruise as Cole Trickle, um, the slightly less funny name uh, with Trickle as the last name. Uh, Top Gun, Rain Man, and Jerry Maguire. Robert Duvall was Harry. How do, you, how do we think Harry's last name is pronounced? Is it Hogg? Or Haji? Or how do you, I don't remember his name Hog. being pronounced in the movie. Was it Hogg? No, I don't know if it is. I think it's Harry. You Hogg. you okay. hear it you hear it on the radio when the when the movie first starts and okay. the announcer comes on and he's like, "Welcome to the Daytona 500." And then they mm-hmm. pan to the farm and he's yeah. like, "Some of you will notice the absence of longtime car builder." And they mm-hmm. say his last name, and I think it is Hog. Is it Hog? Okay, all right. I, I think the so, way yeah. the way it's spelled, I just wasn't sure, and I didn't remember hearing it. So, uh, Robert Duvall was also in Apocalypse Now, The Godfather, and The Apostle. Uh, Nicole Kidman just played Doctor. Just, just a few things. Uh, Nicole Kidman did doc, uh, played Dr. Claire Lewicki. She was in Moulin Rouge, Cold Mountain, and Eyes Wide Shut. Randy Quaid played Tim DeLand. He was in National Lampoon's Vacation, Kingpin, and Independence Day. Carrie Elwes played Russ Wheeler. He was in The Princess Bride, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, and Saw. Michael Rooker played Rowdy Burns. He was in Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. He was in Slither, and he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, he's also Mary Poppins, y'all. Fred Dalton Thompson, uh, who died in 2015, played Big John. He was in The Hunt for Red October, Law and Order, and No Way Out. John C. Riley played Buck Bretherton. He was in Chicago and Wreck-It Ralph. J.C. Quinn, who died in 2004, played Waddle. He was in Maximum Overdrive in The Abyss. Don Simpson played Aldo Benedetti. Uh, he was in Cannonball. And Caroline Williams played Jenny Burns. She was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 and 10 Minutes to Midnight. Here is the trailer. We'll be back after that. Hold on a minute, don't you think we ought to talk? What, about how I'm gonna run? Sure. About how you've managed to live as long as you have. Think he can drive? Oh, he can drive. He can drive beyond the limits of the tires, the engine, the car, anything else. There's nothing I can't do with the race car. Well, that's the difference between you and me. There's only so much I can do. You want me to work the pit and you drive? You run good? Thank you. We'll see how you do in a crowd. 
desperate to get your attention. You got it. I've walked into a jungle. Come up here and do it. I'll take you to a race. Really, I can't. I'm a doctor. I'm a cool. Think your driving can improve? I'll take your word for what a car can do, but I'm not taking anybody's word for what I can do. I don't want you to hold a bad opinion of Cole. I believe it scares him. He needs reassurance from you that he's okay. After all, uh... How could you ignore me like that? I wasn't ignoring you. You're his doctor. The driver gets his bell rung and a couple of lights flicker. And loses what he needs more than his eyesight, more than his reflexes, more than anything in the world. I've raced with my legs broke, heart bruised, eyes popping out of my head like they're on springs. He loses his need. The need to drive right out there on the ragged edge. He doesn't believe you can drive anymore. How long before you find out if you're really good? You just want to race again. Are you really lucky? You get back in that car, you'll die. I know that this is going to be an absolutely silly question, but how does this movie make you feel? Let's start with Bo, because otherwise, if we let Pat talk, we'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> it's like going home. You know, you're, you're coming back to a familiar feeling. It's Top Gun on concrete, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it makes me smile. It makes me very happy. It's oh, the right mix of, of comedy and drama, I think. Um, they don't take themselves too seriously but they also don't make light of the um uh brain injury that that rowdy suffers mm-hmm. yeah um but yet they still have two idiot race car drivers racing rental cars to dinner so you know mm-hmm. that was a fun scene i will get into that stuff yeah, later, but that was a, that was a fun my, my favorite is when they sit down at the table afterwards and they're like i think it was a radiator yeah I had a little car trouble radiator. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, Pat, how does this movie make you feel? So I, I saw the movie in the theater and, um, you know, it's just fun. And I'll, I'll say that, um, you know, NASCAR is not, um, you know, the kind of racing that I watch a whole bunch of. And so, um, you know, it's, um, nothing against it. It's, you know, just not the one that I'm necessarily into. Um, but this is just, it's just, it's a classic, you know, and uh, yeah, there's some cheesy parts to it and there's some, you know, kind of the crazy action sequences and all that. And it's, it's interesting because I remember seeing it as a kid and just being like fired up for race cars and this is awesome. And it was, it was right when I was getting into, uh, you know, seriously following race cars and watching all the races and going to races and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, it's easy to kind of watch it and then get a little, you know, be like that guy. Oh, well, it's not Steve McQueen's Lama or it's not Grand Prix. Oh, so it, it, it just doesn't measure up. But the flip side of that is you watch those movies and, okay, maybe if you're like a dyed-in-the-wool race fan, you'll enjoy watching that. But what this movie is able to do is basically take the whole 80s action genre when you uh, uh, watch this within context 
of which, by the way, listening audience, don't let your heads explode. I mispronounced genre on purpose. I'm sorry. Um, but when you watch the, uh, uh, um, you know, when I when I went back to this movie after coming off of a whole bunch of 80s action movies like uh, uh, Commando and, um, you know, things like that, it makes more sense kind of what they were doing. And then obviously, like you said, Top Gun. And so now watching it, it's like, what a great way to get the masses um, fired up about racing. And yeah, they, they take some liberties with things and, and, and there's some stuff in there that's definitely Hollywood. Um, but the movie's fun. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be fun. And it is. So that's kind of my takeaway. It, it's just, you watch it and it's just really fun to watch. Yeah, I think for me, I, yeah, this one. So it sounds like, and, and, and Bo, I didn't, I didn't ask you this one. When was the first time you saw this? Have you seen this one a few times? No, I've, I've seen it a ton. I mean, okay. I, this is another, I think, I can't remember where we are in our recording cycle, but this is another one of those my wife hadn't seen and she had to see movies mm-hmm. uh, right along with Top Gun, which she also hadn't seen, but we're not going to go there. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um but I don't think I saw it in the theater, which surprises me because I would have been old enough. Um, I just remember watching it at home. It was, you know, whether we had rented it and, or, or recorded it off HBO or, or who knows. Um, but uh, yeah, I've seen it tons of times. I don't, I don't even know if I can count. Mm-hmm. Okay. Times I've seen it. Yeah. This was the first time I'd ever seen it. I had never watched this one before. Wow. I'd, I'd never seen it. I'd always seen, you know, I knew exactly what the the movie poster or the DVD cover looked like. Um, you know, I've seen, I'd seen the trailer a few times. I feel like I had seen some scenes of this movie. Um, I'm, I'm going to say something that, uh, let's see, Pat, how close are you to your microphone right now? Uh, I'm, I'm close to my microphone. Should I? Okay. I just, I, don't, I, just, I, just, I just don't want you to like snap it in half or anything like that. Um, there were moments in the past where, because I had never seen this movie, I, I would think, oh, Days of Thunder. Isn't that that one with Sylvester Stallone? And um, <laughs> I, so I, I apologize for that. <laughs> easy, easy, easy mistake to have happen. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tease you a little bit. I think it's funny that, of of the guys that have seen the show, the Yankees have seen the show. John, you haven't seen Days of Thunder, and yeah. you know you you spent some time uh, in the South there. I just you know I did. I, I well, just, and, and see, that's the funny thing is, I never, I I do not ever recall really stock car racing even being a thing when I was growing mm-hmm. up. Like I don't, and, and it's so weird. I mean, I grew up in Texas. Yeah, would, that's a surprise. Sure, you would think like that would be a thing, but. I mean, granted, you know, it's Dallas, so, you know, there's the Cowboys and then everything else is a very close, like fifth. Um, yeah. But um, no, I, I don't ever remember. I mean, I mean, back in the day, and you would have thought maybe in the South it would have been on TV, but I don't know that I ever remember stock car racing being on TV. I don't remember. And I, I know I know that there were some tracks that were around Dallas, but I just maybe my dad was not a fan of it. And so I, I don't know that we ever sought it out or. I don't know. So yeah, no, I, I was never in, and that's probably pretty strange is that, you know, somebody from the South was not a, not necessarily a racing fan, but um, no, it, it took up until we were in uh, college. I think we were in grad school 
And actually, Sharon is the one that got me uh, into watching NASCAR because she had started watching it at one point. Um, I think it was around about the time we were married. And she started watching it. And, you know, then I was like, well, okay, I'll, I'll sit down and watch this with you. I've never really watched racing before. But um, so we'd sit down, we'd watch it, and we kind of got hooked on it. And, you know, so from there we would, uh, you know, some, sometimes um, one of our favorite things to do is like on a, on a Sunday after church, we would go to, there was a barbecue place in Champaign, Illinois, and they had a whole bunch of TVs around the place. And they had um, a little box at your table where you could uh, dial in the sound to whatever TV you wanted. So you could hear just that one. Um, and, uh, I remember, you know, we go there and watch the NASCAR races furthered and wasn't like yeah. more places should have had that. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember we'd go there and we watched some of the NASCAR races. Sometimes we watch it from home, but sometimes we'd, you know, we'd find a spot on a, on a Sunday after church and go there and, and, uh, watch the races. Cause that's usually when they'd be on. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. So, I mean, watching this movie, I, again, watching it for the first time, it was a lot of fun. And, and I think what made it a lot of fun is, I have probably, and, and both Sharon and myself, we have not watched NASCAR racing in probably a very long time now. Um, I'd say it's probably been a good, oh, at least 10, 13-ish years since we've really watched. I mean, it was kind of a stretch of time when we were in grad school. And kind of, you know, like once we moved back up here, once we started jobs, once we had kids, then I don't really think we were watching it quite as much. And some of our favorite wrestlers, uh, I was about to say uh, wrestlers, some of our... It could be the same thing, too. Um, although in the South, we call them wrestlers, not wrestlers, wrestlers. Um, some of our favorite racers uh, either had retired or they just were not doing as well as they used to. So they, did, they didn't always qualify for the races anymore. And so I think we kind of we had a little bit of a hard time. Like we had our favorite racers. And, and once they really weren't in it anymore, we were kind of like, eh, I don't know if I like any of these new people. I I like my one guy from before and, and he's not in it now. So I think we kind of, I think things petered out a little bit after that. Once we, you know, once we, our racers were not so much in it anymore, but um, no, it was fun. I, this movie is a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to watch a lot of fun to have at least enough NASCAR knowledge to be dangerous and then watch this movie and be like, Oh, Hey, I, I know what they're talking about. I know what drafting is. I know exactly what drafting is. Mm -hmm. It's not just sitting down and drawing something. It's, you know, I played, NASCAR was it called NASCAR Thunder? Might have been NASCAR Thunder. It was an old game for the Xbox, NASCAR Thunder. And if you could figure out the whole drafting piece, you could beat pretty much anybody in that game. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but no, fun, fun movie. I mean, if you, this is one of those movies where if you haven't seen it and you like Top Gun, it's going to feel very much not just because it's got the same director and same actor, um, but it's. It, I mean, we're here to spoil stuff, so it's basically the same plot too, really. Like there's, totally. I, I mean, it's, there's really nothing different. I, Pat, I think you said it before is, you know, you, you write what you know. So if you're Tom Cruise and you want to come up with a story and you're like, Hey, what do we do this time? Um, this kid, it's got some skills. It's kind of dangerous. Somebody gets injured. Kind of it, I mean, it's pretty right. I mean, it's pretty much the exact same story and that's not a problem. No, like I, I, I don't right. count that as a negative against it. I know some of the reviewers and some of the critics did. They're like, well, it's, it's, it's top gun. And if you didn't like Top Gun, okay, then don't watch this one. But and, right, exactly. Then don't watch. Yeah. So, so that's that's how this movie makes me feel. Um, and we've kind of already started to talk a little bit about like what works for us in this movie. Um, I guess let me ask let me ask that to you two this way because you've seen it several times. Um, what do you remember when you think back about this movie? When when we were when I sent out the list. 
And on the list, you saw that for this year, Days of Thunder was going to be one of our movies. What was one of the first things you thought of? <laughs> the scene where that, Cole that laugh has a story behind it. <laughs> the scene where Cole comes to see Harry at the end, near the end, before he races the last time, and mm-hmm. Harry just looks at him and says, "Nope, don't want none of them. Don't have nothing. Don't want to have nothing to do with them. Can't use them." Cole's <laughs> like, "What?" race car drivers you want to come around here and talk that's fine we ain't gonna talk about racing let's go get some moonshine and tell lies and call some women mm-hmm. some about that scene has always just the whole thing and then well <laughs> the scene where he thinks the doctor is uh not a doctor is always good too yes <laughs> yeah those are good a, legs. a full examination yes Jeez. Nicole Kidman's legs in the bedroom scene where he teaches her about drafting. That's pretty solid. Too. True. Yes. <laughs> Things I remember from days of thunder. And, and that's because I had never seen the movie before as he's explaining drafting, I'm watching that scene and I'm like, I, I got that reference. Mm-hmm. I, I pulled a captain America. I, was, I, I understand that reference. Nice. And I appreciate the way that you're demonstrating it. Yes. Right. Yes. Ah, <sighs> Pat, what did you think when you saw that this one was on the list uh, after you, you know, picked yourself back up off, off the floor? What did you think? Yeah. You know what? I, a whole bunch of things. I mean, uh, you know, I, I remember thinking about the cars. First of all, I really liked the color scheme on his original car when he was still, but you know, he, they didn't have a sponsor and it was just um, the guy's uh, dealership. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was the green, like and, green black and yellow. Car. Yeah. Uh, green and yellow. That's green, yellow, yeah. not green and black green and yellow. And uh, I, I always thought that looked pretty cool. Um, so I thought of that. And then just all the one-liners. I mean, I'm dropping the hammer. No, you're not. You know, he goes, he hit me, son. He didn't hit you. He didn't bump you. Mm-hmm. He rubbed you. And Rubbin's racing. I mean, that's and just a great line. Later. And, Rubbin's racing, yeah. Harry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. As he's, you know, and then the other thing I remember that, you know, I mean, yeah, especially back in the day, those guys probably would kind of run into each other a little bit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, and you know, like any racing, um, any racing, those guys know where to put their car and how to drive. And, you know, you know, unless you're educated, you probably won't see it. Um, but those guys know how to drive to, you know, bump each other and all this kind of stuff. Um, I remember, I remember I was going up, the, we were up at Elkhart late watching sports cars and, um, my my uh, brother was at school and his and his good friend or a friend of his that he you know worked in the engineering department and the formula team with his dad was a uh, owned a speed shop and raced corvettes and so we were all up at elkhart lake watching and his dad goes on the inside of a guy that squeezed him or did something but he, he, he was going down the back straight and we see as soon as he gets alongside of this car man he just put that car full like smack into the side of the other car and it was like oh wow and um you know, so it was definitely throwing elbows. And um, that being said, in this movie, it looks like scenes, sometimes a little bit of scenes out of the road warrior. You know what I'm saying? Now you kind of have to up it up. You know, you kind of have to amp it up a little bit for the general populace to get excited. But uh, you know, a little bit of that where cars are crashing all over the place and just, I'm putting him in the wall smack. And then they get out of these things. And again, it's like the road warrior. I mean, I, I kind of remember that and you know, it was always a little tongue in cheek and uh, okay, we're, we're kind of amping this up for Hollywood, but um, 
you know, it, it is an exciting, it is an exciting show when you watch it. So I guess those were, were my takeaways. Um, just the one-liners, the, the cars, you know, especially the green and yellow car. Um, oh, and then the soundtrack. What a great score. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, that little bit of eighties rock thrown in there and that, you know, dramatic, you know, guitar riff that happens and, and, uh, cool stuff. So I, I would say the music also. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I was just looking forward to, you know, this being one of the only, uh, cause I, I've, I've listened to your advice, Pat. I have not gone to watch the Sylvester Stallone racing movie that we do not speak of. Um, I, you know, was there, was there, was there one? I, from what I hear, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I hear there was something out yeah. there. Yeah. We don't um, talk about that, John. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, as someone who has, I've never been a stock car driver. Um, you know, maybe I've tried it on a, a long stretch of Missouri highway, but um, I've never actually been a stock car driver and I have played football. I played football in high school, middle school. So I always love going to watch a good football movie because there's, there's part of it that I know enough about football that I can just enjoy it. I can be like, you know what? I played that sport too. I, really love football. So I love watching a good football movie. And, and I feel like this one is unique in that there really are not very many race car movies, you know, and, and if they are um, at least, you know, fictionalized, I know there's some that are kind of based on true stories and things like that. We've had several in, well, in the last Bobby. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it, sure. If you want to count that one, um, <laughs> you know, and we, and we've had some others, um, you know, just in the last few years that uh, art of racing in the rain was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I still have not seen uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, you, you said that one's really good. Oh, that one I think is out on on video now, so I have to go check it out. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like of all the other different sports movies, you've got a bunch of, um, you know, somebody is always playing basketball in some movie, whether it's Teen Wolf or something else. Somebody's always doing a football movie. Somebody is doing baseball movies, and you've just got, you know, you've got a lot of options there. And I feel like that's what's fun about this one is if you even have a passing interest in uh race car driving uh and the sport itself then this is pretty much your movie like there's not a whole lot of other options you know especially for a a good stretch of time up until the last few years when when we've had a few other race car movies that this seems like it was kind of like this was your movie well yeah and 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 i mean there's there's a lot of different kind of racing too you know Right, right so i mean it's kind of like just because you're a baseball fan, you might not be a football fan or just because you're a football fan, you might not necessarily be a soccer fan. And that's Mm kind of how it is, you know, with racing as well. And I think too, you know, the, the movie aspect of it, you got to be real careful because, you know, you can go see the action. I think anytime you do a sports movie, you can go see the action for real. So you got to do something special when it's a movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And as much as I, as much as I give you a hard time for dude, you're from Texas. How can you have not seen this movie? I, I mean, I don't think the assumption should be just cause uh, you know, as much as I was teasing it out, I don't think the assumption is just cause you're from the South means that you follow NASCAR racing. It's still in all is pretty niche. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, especially when this movie came out, I mean, everybody knew the Indy 500. Right. And I think, I mean, from when we started growing up and everything, people knew the Indy 500 you maybe just maybe had heard of like formula one or parts of it. You know, you maybe had heard of Monaco or you knew those exotic looking cars, Mm -hmm. NASCAR, maybe, 
I mean, you know, like if you watch the Dukes of Hazard, you might have an idea about that whole thing. But NASCAR was very much like, just like all the racing in this country, it was a niche. It was a niche sport, especially in 1990. And it wasn't till, I mean, and I, I, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm sure you got into racing, you know, because you got into racing and all this kind of thing. But the time frame that you said that you started getting into racing or NASCAR, especially, um, and you know, I remember Jeff Mazuka was talking about that he'd been to some NASCAR races and was kind of getting into them about the same time. NASCAR went through a real explosion in popularity and Mm -hmm. partly because IndyCar had some problems. They had kind of a a thing where the series split and there were rival series and it kind of watered down the fan base and whatnot. So NASCAR, you know, in the late nineties and then especially kind of going into the two thousands, I mean, it just took off. And for a while, you know, like NASCAR suddenly spread where, you know, and it was marketing and as much as the product on the track and the whole thing, it brought in a whole lot of viewers. And not only like the diet and the wool guys, but even like casual fans. And I'm not trying to say you were a casual fan. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say with it, no, yeah. but it brought, it brought in a lot of new fans. I would say almost a decade after this movie came out. So back in the day when this movie came out, I think, you know, you, you bring, you, you bring in people that are just wanting to watch, Oh, cool. Action movie, car movie. You, you maybe don't necessarily know all about NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Did you get where I'm coming from with that? But, yeah. but you see, we've kind of grown up, not grown up, but I mean, from late high school into college, we've seen where NASCAR has really, really ballooned um, into in, into popularity. So, you know, that's, that's, that's a difference, I think, from when we were growing up as kids to when we were growing up late high school, college, how, how the NASCAR thing has kind of changed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, around about the time I think we started watching was probably, it was that early 2000s. It was probably about 2002, 2003, mm-hmm. uh, around about that. Well, we were married in 2003, so we could probably started watching probably about 2003. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I remember that was kind of around about the time it just started to get big. You know, you really could, you, you had the opportunity to watch the races on TV. And I don't feel like that was always available before that. At least I didn't remember seeing it as much, um, you know, readily available on your, you know, basic cable, you know, channels like, you know, or watching it on Fox or NBC or, or whatever it was. And, and I feel like it was around about that time, um, you know, and, and I don't know, I don't know if, you know, Dale Earnhardt dying in 2001. I don't know if that was something that just kind of all of a sudden, I, I do feel like that was something that kind of catapulted it into the public eye a little bit more too. Um, not that you want to say that it was something, you know, negative that made it more popular, but um, I do feel like that was a big event that kind of made people aware of NASCAR. And then I think, you know, some of its popularity took off after that. Mm-hmm. Um, the sad thing was what our, our actually the, the racer that we decided was our, um, uh, our favorite guy. And that was the one that we were going to follow. Uh, he won the race that Dale Earnhardt died in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, I think the only other race he won was in 2003, the first year we started watching NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we found out that, that he actually had won that race, um, you know, at the time when, when Dale Earnhardt had died, there was a Daytona 500 in 2001. Um, so with this movie, 
and and I do have something I do have something that I, I can pick out for this particular question. Is there anything about this movie that does not work for you? And and I'll do mine real fast because it's it's it may seem I, I guess it doesn't seem nitpicky, but my one thing that doesn't work for me in this movie is when I watch as a kid growing up, when I watch the Rocky movies, I'm like, wow, boxing is exciting and cool. And then when I go watch a real boxing match, I'm like, huh. Well, Rocky's a little bit more exciting. Mm-hmm. Like these guys are just kind of hugging each other, uh, especially the bigger guys. Like they're not really actually throwing a whole bunch of punches here. This is kind of boring. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and certain movies do that. You know, there are times where you could you, you could go watch a football movie and in a football movie, you know, you, you go watch something like Remember the Titans. We just showed that to the, the kids um, a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. they love that movie. But as with any other like football movie, they're going to show you the highlights. Yeah, you're going to get to see the big hits. You're going to get to hear the crunches. You're going to, you know, the dramatic right. plays, the, the bomb pass all the way to the end zone, that kind of stuff. And I feel like in most sports movies, that's what you get. You get, you know, a, a hyper realized version of what that sport looks like. Right. And I will say for this movie, they did that too for the stock car racing, but I actually didn't like it as much as I liked real stock car racing. Mm-hmm. Like there were times in this movie where when they were trying to show kind of like the, the hyper realistic, like this is how fast the cars are going. This is about, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm going, yeah, but you're, I don't know your, your camera angles or the way you're doing it. Something it just, and I, and I know that they really were driving, but it just looks kind of fake. And, and I remember watching NASCAR races and even though I know, you know, people who don't like it and people who, who maybe don't pay much attention to it, they're just like, it's a bunch of cars driving around in a circle. Well, but if you actually watch them race, like, like how close they race each other and trying to weave in and out of each other and, and trying to just thread that needle of, of that little space that is probably not big enough for your car to get through, but you're going to get it through there, you know, and, and coming as close as they do and as fast as they do to that wall. Um, I felt like actual stock car racing when I've watched it on TV almost felt more tension filled and more dramatic than when they showed the racing in this movie for me this movie the the racing was too the cameras maybe were in too close to the racing Mm -hmm. if if that makes any sense um is here's here's i think maybe here's a good way i can i can describe it um one of the reasons i don't like the lightsaber fight between anakin and count dooku at the end of attack of the clones is because Mm -hmm. you can't actually see them fighting you, you mm-hmm. see close-ups of their faces and you see flashes of lightsabers, but you, and I don't know if, I don't know if it's because, you know, Christopher Lee was too old to do much and they didn't want to do a body double or whatever, but you don't actually get to see them fight much. You see a bunch of lightsabers twirling around, you see flashes of close, close-ups of their faces, but you don't get to see like the actual technique and you don't get to see any of that stuff. And that's how I felt about the race car driving in this movie. Was I, I wanted yeah. to see some of that real technique that you actually see in a in a very dramatic real stock car race, and that's probably my only criticism for this movie is in the actual racing when it came down to that. Real races I watched on TV seemed much faster, much more dramatic, much more interesting to me than the actual racing in this movie. So I, that's that's my only thing I would say that doesn't work for me. Otherwise, I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying, and that is is kind of the case is. You know, you watch, you watch a motor race and, or you go live to a motor race and it's, and there's, there's a, the camera angles and everything is just so good now 
it's hard that it's hard to make a movie that's as exciting as just watching the real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, there's always going to be that. There's always going to be the oh well, it's just driving around in circles. And I suppose any sport. I mean, hey, well, what's football? You're throwing a ball back and forth. I mean, mm-hmm. what's you know what's that? And I think I think unfortunately, my, people. My dad loved watching golf. Golf puts me to sleep. Right, and I think unfortunately, what happens is when people, you know, look at a motor race. They'll just assume, oh, well, it's driving in circles. Well, how hard can that be? I mean, mm-hmm. I go, you know, I'll drive 110 on my on the highway. And the, the amount of control it takes to have one of those cars go around a track like that is, 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 is staggering. And all the engineering that goes into setting up one of those cars and so forth, it's pretty staggering when you hear all the different things. And they, they show glimpses of it in this movie. Again, that, you know, this movie was not supposed to be like a documentary that wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, within its purview. And so, you know, I, I can't, I'm not going to fault it for that, but I think, you know, people just take a look and why don't you try it and then come back and tell me how easy it is, right. you know? And uh, that is just my, is my um, statement about, you know, auto racing. The other thing I find funny about people with that is, would you go walking into your track team and say, well, you guys, all you runners, all you do is run in circles. I mean, come on, how hard is that? You know, I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, it just, I, I just think that that happens. Just like I said, it's a niche and you stereotype, you know, oh, it's just all gearheads or it's all, you know, speed crazy people and, you know, uh, adrenaline junkies and all this kind of thing. And in one sense, yeah, I mean, anyone that gets into a car and races it like that or gets on a motorcycle and races it like that, they don't have the same, what would, how do you say it? They don't have the same uh, uh, resistance to putting their body in life-threatening situations that the rest of us might do. I mean, they really truly are a different breed. Um, something that I think the movie did a pretty good job of bringing out. But that being said, you know, they, they, they are a different breed. Um, but I, I think what happens is, is you can kind of stereotype and just to kind of wrap your head around it, just be dismissive of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I, I kind of wandered off on a tangent, but I get what you're saying. And that's, I, I said it at the beginning of the podcast and I say it again, it's when the real thing is as exciting as it is with the production value that you have, it's kind of hard to top that with a movie. Yeah. What about you, Bo? What, what kind of stuff didn't work for you in the movie? Um, not a lot. I think the it's some of the sillier things like the you know the 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 owner owning two separate race teams and then at the end actually letting them use an engine, you know, some of the some of the schmaltzier stuff. We're like, "Oh, he does care." Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, that's not really going to happen. Um I do think the way that the, you know, not to go back to things that did work, but I, you know, as much as I say that that stuff didn't work, some of the stuff between Rowdy and Cole, I think was probably pretty good. You know, you get these mm-hmm. two macho guys trying to, to deal with a problem. Some of the stuff with the doc, I really don't think that doctor actually could fall for a race car driver. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's not going to put up with it after he, you know, almost drive, you know, after he almost drags her into a NASCAR race in the parking garage you know, I think uh, like that would have been the end for her. You know, mm-hmm. so some of the more interpersonal stuff didn't really work for me. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, that that road rage thing was like, whoa, geez. Yeah, and it just sort of comes out of nowhere. Like that whole scene's a little much. Yeah. I get where they were, what they were trying to do with it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if it. I think it needed to be longer to show him build. Like I don't know if that cab needed to follow them for longer or what the deal needed to be. But I feel like that just kind of came out of nowhere and it didn't quite play. But all in all, I enjoy it. You know, it's the yeah. I I like how they show the, the drivers are the tough macho guys because I think I would think that that kind of attitude does run with racers, you know, drivers and riders oh, and sure. all that. But it also kind of watching it this time, I'm like, you know, they did kind of show how these guys are also a little bit uh, fragile. They need a support system. They need people telling them that they're mm-hmm. the fastest thing. It must be the car. They have to, you know, I, I mean, do you get what I'm saying? It's, and, yeah. and you know, the little bit that I've, well, either talked to people that have worked in the field and worked with racing drivers, um, you know, they, there's a little bit of that where are they in some ways kind of a little bit needy as what I've heard almost, you know, where they need someone in their ear, like, you know, the constant reinforced, the con- you know, and uh, uh, just, Hey, you got this. Hey, you're, you know, almost kind of like smoothing the, smoothing the terrain for them a little bit. And I think you kind of see that in the movie. They were, you know, incredibly macho and, you know, totally convinced, you know, sure of their surroundings, but the littlest, threat to their superiority or their I'm the guy in charge, you know, that's met with, dude, I got to put this guy down, you know, like I, mm-hmm. you know, this town ain't big enough for the both of us kind of thing. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, you know, it just shows that I don't want to say that there's a weakness, but you know, they might not be the most balanced either. Cause they've got, and maybe that's cause they've got that competitive streak. You know, I don't know. I mean, we're not going to take the whole podcast and just explore the psyche of a racing car driver, but uh, you know, I, I thought it, it, I thought the way it, it brought out those characters was pretty cool. Agreed. So in this movie um, there's, there's a lot of big personalities in this movie, but in this movie, if you had the opportunity to sit down and just talk, have a cup of coffee, cup of tea, share, you know, grab a burger, whatever. If you had the opportunity to sit down and just spend a little bit of time with one of the people in this movie, who would you want to spend some time with? Harry. Harry's got some stories. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, did Robert Duvall bring it in this movie or what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a movie he doesn't bring it in. I know. That's fair. Like I'm, you know, he's, the funny thing about him is he very much, the way he talks and the way he's very personable and it's just you just feel like he could sit down and have a conversation with anybody mm-hmm. um it he reminds me so much of kind of a combination of my grandfathers like mm-hmm. they were that way they could you could go through town you know they they we both they both lived in the the same small town in missouri and you could walk through town you could drive through town and they'd get out of their car you'd walk around with them in the town square everybody knew them and they'd stop and they'd talk to everybody there and they'd have these stories they'd tell and and, you know, my, each of my grandfathers, when they were talking to people, it, it is so much, whenever I watch Robert Duvall and just hear his, you know, his voice and some of his mannerisms and things like that, it just reminds me of my grandfathers who could just mm-hmm. easily slip into a conversation with anybody. And, and they acted like they were just as comfortable, you know, they might have stuff to do, but you know what? They're talking to you right now. So all that stuff they've got to do, they'll get to it. 
but they're having a conversation with you right now. And that's how his character to me in almost every movie he's in, I get that vibe from him, especially as he's gotten older. Um, you know, I get that vibe from him. So I, that would be my choice too. The whole movie is stacked. I mean, you look at all the acting talent in it. I mean, it's, it's pretty, uh, uh, it's, it's pretty staggering, but, um, no, I, I agree. The, the Robert Duvall character was pretty great. All right. I, do we have anything else we want to say about Days of Thunder before we go on into our three questions? Got to see it, man. Yeah. It's a, good one. It's, yep. it's a classic. It's, you haven't, yeah, you haven't it's seen it. Go it. see it. Even if you, I, I feel like even if you don't necessarily care for stock car racing, but if you liked oh, yeah. Top Gun, you should probably go see this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh definitely. Definitely. So here, actually, here's a random racing question that, um, you know, is, is not one of our three questions, but I, I was going to ask. Um, and Bo, I, I don't know how much of a, are you much of a race car driving fan, a race car fan, whether Formula no, One or NASCAR? I mean, yeah, okay. no, I don't. I, I will admit that watching, um, I used to really love when they would do street races. Um, I watched one, I think it had to be, it was open wheel. I just can't remember which style. Okay. Um, and Pat might even be, be able to help me with this. They would do it in in cities mm-hmm. on streets like they would close oh, yeah. streets and make you know courses and there was one in denver a few years back and it was just something about i mean by a few years i mean like pre-high school early high school years um it was just so fun to watch and yeah. once in a while i enjoy like you mentioned le mans like i can watch a little bit of that just because the country that they're driving through is just insane yeah yeah the Nobody you know NASCAR fan just because there's not much scenery to it really it's you know well it, the, they're the indy cars did used to race on a street course up in denver and those things um that dates all the way back if you've heard of monaco which sure. is uh you know that was like back in the day i mean they started that back in the 20s and then they just kind of kept it going to where they still race those Formula One cars on the streets of Monaco. And that's pretty crazy to watch. What's the one with um, the hill? What was the one with all the hills? The, right. Uh, with all the hills. I feel like there was a race overseas and the course just had, it was just, the, tr- the, the elevation changes were insane. Well, I, boy, I don't know. I mean, there's a really long one. Um, the, in Germany, they have the Nürburgring. And there's the modern Nürburgring, which is like a three-mile, your typical road race uh, circuit. But then they had this like 13-mile like long course, and you were like, go, you were gone. You were you were out there and racing around. And um, um, then there's there's a bike race up on the Isle of Man, and that one's another one that's it's just gotten ridiculously dangerous because now you have motorcycles doing, you know, 180, 190 miles down the straight, and they're just running on public roads you know um so which half the safety features on modern racetracks are you know the runoff areas the gravel traps are on ovals you know they they have the different kinds of barriers that the safer barriers that absorb some of the impact and so forth but um um yeah now i'm just like rambling about racing sorry (laughs) but uh uh anyways you know you're exactly right they do that with monaco was one of the early street races and then um, Indy, and then actually they also raced in Long Beach, California. Formula One did, and then IndyCar picked that back in the seventies, and then IndyCar picked it up to where IndyCar will race on the Long Beach streets. And now both Formula One and IndyCar will um, will go race, and they'll have city streets. Uh, Formula One is Monaco. They also race through Azerbaijan, uh, one of the one of the uh, cities there. They'll also race through. Um, Singapore and that's I mean at night 
And so you catch, you take a look at some of those races and that's, that's some pretty exotic locales at night. That sounds, yeah. If you, if if you, well, the thing is it's got like 6 trillion candle watt power lights all flashing down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they don't have headlights on the car, but you mentioned, you mentioned Lama, you know, think of the 24 hours of Lama. I mean, they're racing with headlights and that's fair. That's and I mean, that's pretty crazy. And then IndyCar does that too. They have Long Beach. Um, they race in St. Petersburg, Florida. They used an airport and that was a crazy awesome race. They used to race oh, at a Cleveland airport. And I mean, it was like long straights and plenty of room to pass. Um, they, they used to race down in Australia at a place called Surfer's Paradise, which was on streets, Denver. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other, they race up at Detroit um, on the city streets. I think there's a race up in Canada they do on the cities. So yeah, it, it's, and that's kind of for IndyCar, that's one of their disciplines. You know, they're like our cars run on road courses, street races and ovals, you know, and it's, um, okay. yeah, it's, it, there's some, there's some exciting stuff. So. All right. So you basically answered the question I was going to ask is what's your favorite racetrack? What's my favorite racetrack? Yeah. I mean, you've gone uh, through a bunch of them, but do you, do you have a favorite? You know, it has to be Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. I mean, that was my first big motor race I went to. It is such a great go there. It is such an experience. And it's like, it's built into the countryside as opposed to you're leveling the countryside and just putting up a track. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a road course. I like road course racing, so I'm biased there. Um, I want to say they, even as NASCAR started to expand into some road course racing, I want to say that they brought, maybe not the... uh, well, for this race, they called it the Winston Cup. Now it's called the Nextel Cup. Mm-hmm. But they maybe not the top cars, but maybe like the feeder series. Um, they used to be called the Bush Series because it was sponsored by Bush Beer. I don't know what the, right. the modern thing is. Anyways, they used to bring them up there. But Indy cars, motorcycles, they um, do, uh, they do uh, like, um, what do you call it? Retro racing. That's mm-hmm. not the right word for it. But um you know, you'll get all the old cars up there and, and it's, it's, it's more, you know, kind of, well, no, some of it's racing. They'll race those old cars. Anyways, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, I would say road America. I mean, that was my first big track. I went to fantastic sight lines, fantastic experience. The local towns all support it. Um, it's really a neat, it's really a neat racetrack up there. So nice. that would be the number one. And then every other is just like the bucket list of places I got to get to. So mm-hmm. nice. That would be my take. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, I will admit I have never actually been to a race in person. So never, any race? No. Oh, closest. I, I, as far as I can remember, I, the closest, closest thing I've ever been to is demolition derby. Okay. That's, that's about it. But um, I've wanted to go down to uh, what's the one down in Joliet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chicago land. Chicago. Land. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool. Tr- I've been there. That's a pretty cool track. It's funny for not for it was years ago now, but I knew one of the guys who was big up in the marketing team down there and I never hit him up for tickets and I meant to, he doesn't work there anymore, but it seems like one of those things I feel like that while I might not enjoy it as much on TV, I feel like being there would be super cool. Oh, anything you mm-hmm. do live, even if you're not a fan, you know, like, I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but you go watch it live and it's like really exciting. Right. 
So, yeah. Yeah. I, in terms of like a favorite track, just in watching NASCAR on TV, um, I think the one I always liked was Darlington. Okay. And I think just in particular, from what I remember of that track is that it's, it's one of the shorter tracks. Um, but it also was very much just kind of the, I think the, I feel like the dimensions of the track, some of the turns were very different than a lot of their other short track races. And I always felt like every time we watch one of those, you never quite knew what was going to happen because it was just a very, it, it wasn't a large track. It was very kind of unpredictable, especially as the race went on. And I always felt like that the racers going into it were like, oh no, this is the one that's, you know, th- this track is a challenge for us. Like this one's, this one's tough. Um, you know, and, and I think that I probably just had the most fun watching. I'm like knowing that these guys, not just are they racing each other, but they're actually, you know, you, you really just have to, I mean, as with any track, but um, you'd always hear the racers comments be like, yeah, this is, this is one of the tough ones. Like this is not only are we racing each other, we got to contend with the actual track itself and um, you know, those turns and everything else. And, uh, and I feel like that got mentioned more often with Darlington than it did with a lot of the other tracks. And I, I think, for that reason, I always thought, okay, I, this is gonna be a cool race then. And I always liked the short tracks too, because then it was, you know, for as much as people criticize, oh, it's just cars racing around in a circle. Well, yeah, but look how fast they're going. And yeah, I mean, that's that takes a, a, a different set of skill to be constantly turning, um, you know, in, in such a short track like this. I mean, that's that's a whole different set of skills and and driving knowledge and, and everything else. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think that one was probably, probably always my favorite as we were watching. Cool. It is time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions, three questions, three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Three questions are typically somewhat related to the movie that we're talking about. Not always. Um, you know, I, sometimes our three questions could be, Hey, somebody was eating a chicken wing in the, uh, you know, second half of the movie. And what's your favorite flavor of chicken wings? That's not one of the questions this time, but, uh, chicken wings. I, I know I'm sorry. Oddly enough, we do tend to go to food a lot in our three questions. Mm, food is good. I don't know if that's a reflection on us, but, um, yeah, it probably is. All right. So three questions. Question number one, if you were injured and told that you could never do what you loved ever again, unless you had a highly risky experimental procedure done, would you do it? So the flip side is you're injured. You can never do the thing that you love ever again, unless you have this procedure done. This procedure could kill you. Would you do the procedure? Probably not. I, you know, I'd like to try and say like I'm into enough different things that, uh, you know, oh man, that's too bad that, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it would just be pretty self. I mean, I got a family, got yeah. kids, so why, yeah. like I don't, eh. yeah, which is probably why I'm not a great racing car driver is because, you know, I just, what, what I choose to prioritize, but yeah, I, I yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. What if it wouldn't kill you? What if you just were, you know, you're just gonna be messed up for the rest of your life? Same thing. 
Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, okay. it, it just has to be. I mean, is it like... If it, if it meant you could never ride your motorcycle ever again, unless okay. you had this procedure done. And what would happen if, I, if this procedure failed? Uh, your arms would fall off. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, well, now I can't ride my motorcycle, but... And you, know, you can't play your trumpet. Well, I guess you could play your trumpet, but... Well, it'd be hard to play my trumpet. It'd be hard to water sure. ski. It'd be hard to hold my... You know, like, what I'm saying is like, oh, okay, I can't I can't I, ride I a should, motorcycle. I, I shouldn't be laughing at this right now, but... <laughs> just, <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to picture you water skiing with no arms and trying to play a trumpet at the same time. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I feel like so, I just pictured I, something out of a police academy movie, but... Yes. <laughs> it, yeah, I know. It, it's 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 funny because it's at that time of the night when I'm oh, actually rash, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually rationally answering that question. Yes, but you are. I mean, and I, and, and I appreciate you for that. Yeah. So I'm just going to stop talking. But I think the question is, you know, would you risk something? And it's just like, yeah. I, I mean, the family family comes first. So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. if it would impinge on, you know what I mean? So sure, sure. All right, Bo. What about you? It's an interesting question. I think the um, there's another layer to it that maybe um, you said the thing you love is that thing you love also your livelihood. I think that's another part of this if you're taking mm-hmm. it in the movie's context. Yeah. Um, if it's your livelihood and it's something you love, you're going to go a little farther to try to protect it and, and keep doing it. But But I'm still with Patrick on this one. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, being alive is much better. We're, we're, we're not exactly risk takers. No. Well, and the thing too is, I mean, that that's the thing is that, I mean, the mindset to be a race car driver mm-hmm. or a motorcycle racer, it, they're different. They're wired differently. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I mean, I'm not saying like, I mean, I've had my motorcycle out on a track. I've done some, you know, Chicago indoor racing and all this kind of stuff. I'm talking like like the professional, like when you mm-hmm. get to that high end of thing. Oh, you're basically I mean, you're basically strapping into a bomb and just you know hurdling it down a driveway. Well, yeah, and and but I mean, I want to say it carefully because, I, well, like I said, I mean, I'm a I'm a racing fan, so I I don't want to just say oh they're just adrenaline junkies. I mm-hmm. mean, because it is a very it is a skilled thing that they do. It mm-hmm. is. It is measured. It is scientific. It is engineered. Well, I, it, but I think to do some of that, you you probably have to be a bit of an adrenaline junkie. Perhaps. Otherwise, otherwise there are other ways to get your kicks. If you know. Well, true. And again, I mean, I would like a racing car driver. I mean, I'm I will be the last guy to tell you that going fast on a motorcycle or in a car is not fun. I oh, mean, yeah. it it is very very fun. I mean, I'll I'll just freely say that, but. I think when you look at the speed with what these guys do and what these big people, I shouldn't say guys do, but with these people, I mean, the ones that are very successful, I mean, they're like very calm and focused. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's yeah. like they can compartmentalize it and they can somehow they can deal with it. Now, again, it's just how they perceive the risk. And that's what, you know, that's what uh, he kind of alludes to is that, you know, these guys don't like to be reminded of their mortality. I mean, it's like, man, that's a shame, but it's not going to happen to me, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's, it's, like I said, it's just a mindset that I, I couldn't process. But I think the other thing you got to look at too is these guys aren't going to be motor race, be racing cars for 30, 40 years. You know, I mean, it's, it's a narrow window before they're 
reflexes are gone. And, you know, you got an 18 year old kid that has an 18 year old kid's body and they've got young people like making it into these top levels of motor racing. And I mean, you, you know, you got an 18 year old that's going to have much better reflexes and much better response time and be much quicker than someone that's approaching 40. And the other thing is the 18 year old body, you smack that down that, you know, you put, you dump a bike and you go skidding down the pavement. It's not going to hurt the 18 year old body as much as it's going to hurt the 40 year old body. And then that starts to work on their mind too, where it's like, you know how much that hurts. And so I think that, you know, when you say, would you do this for, you know, it's kind of like for what, I mean, for one more shot at glory. I mean, you're not going to be 90 years old and racing professionally. So it's kind of like in that sense, it's like what you would ask of a football player. What's the average NFL player's, you know, career two years or something like that. I I think it's, you know, you know, what's your plan for after racing? Are you going to be a car owner? Are you going to, you know, make a pile of money and just go fishing? Are you going to, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, do you want to just get your like one big ride and then, you know, you're going to own a car dealership and just kind of race amateur where, you know, I mean, you could still get hurt, but uh, I'm being way too rational. I'm sorry. It's late at night. Sorry, guys. Sorry. That one's on me. No, that's fine. But I think that question is, it's a deep question, man. Yeah. I I mean, as we've already said, between the three of us, I don't think we're really big risk takers and I'm probably the same way. Um, I kind of feel like, you know what, I, I'm sure I can find something else that I would love doing as well. Um, I'll adapt, you know, if it was something that risked ending my life or, or significantly changing life or things like that, you know, I, I'll find something else, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm adaptable enough. I'll, I'll figure it out. All right. Question number two, NASCAR or Formula One? And and I will say we didn't have any responses to question one, but I do uh, always, if I'm able to, or if I remember to, I do always throw our three questions out there to Twitter and Instagram and all those different places. So we do have uh, some responses from some folks out there in the Twitterverse and the Instagramiverse, Instagramophone. I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Um, so we do have some of those. So I will share some of those responses as well. But uh, so NASCAR or Formula One, I, you know, my answer, I, I'm going NASCAR. Like I've, I've watched some Formula One races. They're great. Um, it's just not what I got. It's not what I got into, you know, when I did get into, into car racing. Um, for me, it was always NASCAR. So that's, that's the one I go with. What about you, Bo? Um, for me, I think I like the tracks from open wheel racing much better. Um, but I've probably seen more NASCAR over the years. Um, I don't know. If given a choice, I would probably, if I was going to drive, it would be NASCAR. If I was going to watch, it would probably be open wheel. Formula mm-hmm. One stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I will say I do like the tracks that I've seen for the Formula One races. Um, and I just, and, and, you know, and Pat, I know that's, that's probably your choice too, but, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, like be negative about anything or, or anything like that, but just in what I have watched and, and fully admit, I have not watched a lot of the open wheel racing. The NASCAR races to me just seem more dramatic. And and I don't know that that's the case. I, it's probably just my lack of knowledge or my lack of experience with either one of them uh, or with, with the, the open wheel racing. But I, to me in what I have watched, I feel like when I do tend to watch a formula one race, 
it's like there's always some like and i know that's not the case every single time there's always like some clear winner and he's like three miles ahead of the other people um versus nascar when like people are smashed into each other to try to finish the race and, and sometimes you know there's somebody way out in front of the nascar race too but um i don't know just in the experience i've had it seems like there's a little bit more of that constant um tension that is visible when you watch a nascar race but i will fully admit that that's probably due to my lack of experience with the other no i don't i don't think so i think um i think you're right see nascar primarily racing on ovals and obviously i don't want to you know i know that they have a, a a number of races on road courses there's a couple of things first of all the nature of road courses or ovals is you have all the action together mm-hmm. and so even if you're lapping people lapping people you're still trying to get around people and you know they have their own race and so there's a lot going on Mm -hmm. um and so you have the nature of the oval just tends to get everybody together more you throw you know you throw a yellow flag because if there's something goes wrong on an oval you got to throw a yellow flag and slow everything down which was kind of my knock on 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 days of thunder every time there was a crash it was always put your foot flat and go for the hot wall and just hope you get through yeah no you'd be on you'd be off the gas you'd be slowing down mm-hmm. they'd be cleaning the track but whatever um so that's kind of like nascar and, and that is what they've done formula one the nature of road course racing is you can get some guy that just gets out there or some gal that just gets out there and they might just take off and go NASCAR made it a point, um, you know, after they got past the 60s when it was all like cars that were somewhat stock cars. I mean, they were muscle cars and all that kind of stuff. But once you got into the 70s, they started using like purpose built. This is a racing chassis. This is a racing frame. And they would make sure that all of the cars, whether it was a Chevy or a Ford or a Dodge or whatever, had to fit the same aerodynamic shape. And now that's grown to the point where they pretty much, I think all use the same car because I know a couple of years ago when they launched the car of tomorrow, it was because they were, NASCAR helped engineer, you know, they had that car engineered to maintain the show. Mm -hmm. See, they got NASCAR got, you know, the France family that runs NASCAR understood that they're in the entertainment business and, you know, the races have to be exciting. And so they have kind of like a set chassis. And now the teams are different. I think it's, I think it's the motors are the big things that are different. You know, you gotta, if you're a Ford, you gotta get the block of the motor from Ford and then you take it to a race shop to build for you or Chevy or whatever. So like NASCAR gets that formula one prides itself on, you know, we have different car makers and different chassis and all this kind of thing and the technology. Well, they, the team, the, the, the group that owned that, you know, the, the owners of the series, they didn't focus as much on, well, let's try and keep it more the same and let's, you know, have cost caps and let's put these things in place to make sure that the racing is closer. So what you have in Formula One is you've got one, maybe two teams that have a chance of winning and everyone else might be fighting for like the mid pack or the back of the pack. You know, they're racing for the honor of being best of the rest. Mm -hmm. So you watch a Formula One race and, you know, yeah, I like Formula One a lot, so I'm not going to sit here and, and bash on it. But a lot of times it's like you watch it and, okay, you kind of know which way it's going to go. This guy's out front. This guy's second. Maybe the excitement is racing for fifth or sixth mm-hmm. or did so-and-so get into the top 10. And it's just the nature of the sport. Um, and, and see, 
NASCAR. Also another great line from Robert Duvall. What was that now? It le- that nature of the sport lends uh, Robert Duvall another great line in this movie. Right. Nothing stock about a stock car. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it, it is. And that was, you know, because he thought Tom Cruise was coming in his, in his the, you know, the, the dirt track open wheel guy and ripping on NASCAR. But I mean, I think this, oh, John, you're right. And I'm sorry, I'm getting long-winded. But I mean, that's kind of the thing with, with F1. And I'm not saying anything negative about it. But, you know, if you're in one of the tail end teams, there's nothing you can do to, like, break into the top five unless one of those top teams busts in yeah. the race or they crash into each other. And I mean, they've spent ridiculous amounts of money on ridiculous levels of technology and aerodynamics and all that. And that's one of the things they're working on now is, okay, how do we maintain our tradition that we've built up, but also limit these cars so we can get it a little bit more open and competitive and so forth. Mm-hmm. But a pass on a road course is going to be like a goal in soccer. You work really, really, really hard and the score might only be like three to two. Whereas... In basketball, with the three-point shot, a basketball score could easily be breaking a hundred. It's just, right. you know, what do you, what do you like? So, feel free to edit all that out. I'm getting long-winded. No, <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. All right, uh, Bo, did you did you answer that one? Yeah, uh, if I was driving NASCAR, if I'm watching, that's right. Uh, open wheel. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. So we had some responses from the Twitterverse uh, for this one. Actually, my son responded on uh, Instagram and said NASCAR. I didn't know he'd actually ever watched a race before, but maybe he just decided he liked cars better. I don't know. Uh, he, he's probably listening to this right now. So he can, when he listens, he can, he can tell me why he liked NASCAR better later. So um, we had, uh, let's see, uh, at Jason Colvin, uh, at jcolvin24 said, I'm going to take a hard pass on car racing. I do like these, though. And then he put up a GIF of the Tron light cycle. Mm-hmm. So acceptable. That's acceptable. Um, yeah. this, this one guy, I mean, I feel like maybe he's been listening to the show for a while, but uh, I don't know. The name looks familiar. At Jeff underscore Mazuka. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think we might know this guy. Um, we'll, have to, we'll have to reach out to him on Twitter and, and you know, see if... See if he's who I think he is. Um, so he said, uh, he said, for a time I was into NASCAR when I was dating a girl from Joliet. Isn't that how it always goes? Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty much a local law that anyone from that area must be a NASCAR fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Just couldn't get into open wheeled racing, though. And then when I asked him, when I followed up and asked him about a favorite driver, he said, uh, at the time, I just wasn't sure how to root for NASCAR. And I was told to find a sponsor to root for. With that, the Jack Daniels car drove past on the TV screen, which was being driven by Clint Boyer at the time. Since then, I rooted for Clint Boyer through multiple sponsors. So, Interesting. Yeah. You know, that's really, and it's, it's funny because that was totally, you know, as the NASCAR thing kind of exploded on, in that time period, I, I've talked to a lot of people that, and it's funny, that's what he was told to do was, someone's like, I love M&Ms, I'm rooting for the M&M car. Oh, mm-hmm. well, who's the driver? Oh, it's this person, but then they fired that guy, so now it's this person. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, it was real interesting because a buddy I went to school with, his dad was a muscle car guy and drag racer and everything, and he was like, this guy was like old school NASCAR fan. And it was interesting just kind of seeing what his feelings were as all these new fan base came in. Because I remember, you know, um, Tammy's uncle is a huge fan of any, any cars, any racing and grew up. So, um, her aunt, you know, that obviously married her uncle, um, 
did not grow up being a fan and so was not like the traditional NASCAR fan, but was just that very, I've heard that. That's crazy that Jeff mentions that. And it was just like, yep, find whatever, you know, it's sort of like the, the Ricky Bobby. This decal is dangerous and irresponsible, but I do love Fig Newtons. You know, you find, <laughs> you find whatever the thing is and like, I'm rooting for that car. And it's, it's a, it's an incredible strategy because it opens it up to the casual fan that, you know, you can just come in and, and enjoy it, you know? Yeah. That's crazy. Cool. All right. And then question number three, uh, which is better? And I'm going to fully admit, I just, I randomly picked three things here. So I know I didn't include all the really good ones that have thunder in the title. Um, but which of these three is better days of thunder, tropic thunder or thunder in paradise? I love me some Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I love me some Thunder in Paradise, but this is definitely a better movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I concur. Days of Thunder. I, I did also pick Days of Thunder. Now, I did say, to be fair, I have never seen Tropic Thunder, so I, I don't know oh, if I can give it a fair shake. That is a thing that, that must be seen. I know. It must be seen probably only once, but it must be seen. Okay. That's that's what I hear. Uh, check your... Um, um, Check your triggers at the door. Okay. Do you know who you're talking to? I don't have any triggers. (laughs) I'm just just putting it out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When it comes to watching movies, I I have no triggers. I have no scruples. I have no. Oh, uh, then you're perfect for this. No, I'm 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 good. I'm good. I I can. You can put anything in front of me, and I probably will be okay. Yeah. Oh. How many times have you? How many times have you seen the room, John? Shut up. (laughs) <laughs> uh, all the way through zero <laughs> with a with a lot of lot of starting and a lot more stopping maybe two or three okay mm-hmm. okay you know what uh, let me just let me put it this way i've seen enough of it <laughs> yeah no, that actually that is the right way to answer that question <laughs> you can take uh, that as you will but. okay all right yeah, so as a football fan, I, I really appreciated the depictions of football in that movie for how accurate they were. <laughs> there, there it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we did get some other responses on this one. Uh, at Tristan Martin on Twitter said, this beats them all and put up a gif of Thundercats. Ah. All right. Which, which actually I responded, that is the correct answer, and you win. Yeah. Uh, at Jason Colvin responded and said, not as good as at Tristan Martin's response, but still my vote uh, was a movie called Blue Thunder. Now, I'm not as familiar Ooh, with. Yeah, with the helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. That, that could have gone in, you know, the other week when we had the question about the favorite helicopter scene. Yeah. Pat, mm-hmm. you could put that one in there as your. So Blue Thunder, I, I, I have not Airwolf. seen. I have not seen. You're sticking with Airwolf? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, yeah was so thinking, I was thinking. I was thinking. I was thinking Thunderball. Uh, Thunderball. Thunderball would be another good one. Yeah. Yeah, Blue Thunder, I just am not. I, I don't even recall that one. So I will have to put that on my, uh, that, that'll be put on like my, my probably like third tier watch list of, of movies that if I've exhausted everything else, then I've got a third tier list that I can go to. Uh, let's see. Um, at Jason Colvin 24 then responded again and said, just not this one. And there was a movie apparently called Thunderstruck that featured basketball star Kevin Durant. Oh, dear. Of the Oklahoma mm. City Thunder. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Now, I would imagine it's not a great movie. Uh, I don't know. I, I, being from Oklahoma, I don't know how Jason Colvin feels about Kevin Durant uh, himself. 
since Kevin Durant was a Texas Longhorn uh, college player, I like him. Um, but obviously there's, there's a little bit of an Oklahoma, Texas rivalry thing going on there. So we won't get too far into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this other guy again at Jeff underscore Mazuka, he said, I agree with at Tristan Martin that Thundercats is the true correct response. However, if I had to choose from your original list, I think I would go with days of thunder. Yeah. Um, and then we had, uh, we actually had someone else who has not responded before, uh, to right. you know, when post stuff up at Billiam S W N. He is a book blogger from the, uh, somewhat nerdy blog and host of the future flicks with Billiam podcast. So, so welcome. Uh, he said Tropic Thunder. He said nothing against Days of Thunder, but the rewatchability is higher for Tropic Thunder. Also, Thunder in Paradise made for a better TV show. It did. The TV show was better than the attempts at cinema. That is true. All right. Well, that is going. The, the thunder has rolled on through. That's going to do it for Days of Thunder. That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, coming up next week, we finish out our Planes and Automobiles Month with episode number 291, Cadillac Man. And then April is coming up very, very fast, and that is our Action and Adventure Month with Dances with Wolves, The Hunt for Red October, Navy Seals, and Rocky Five. So that Thousand. is coming up. Rocky Five Thousand. Hey, um, if I can throw one more thing in before we just segue away. You can, you can throw whatever you want. Go for it. Uh, I'm just going to say real quick. Um, I, I'm going to say to anyone out there that's you know casual, like, hey, I want to check out this motor racing thing and all that. Um, there's a really good uh, documentary on Netflix called Drive to Survive. It's about Formula One. And uh, it's it's really, really good. And I've talked to a lot of people that are like casual, you know, we're into cars or even some people that are like, I'm not into cars. Like, you know, my husband's into cars, but wow, this show really brings a whole lot of, you know, it's it's very interesting. Like, you might, you might find that interesting. Um, and then the only other thing I was going to say in terms of watching, I would, I would highly recommend everyone check out the IndyCar series. I mean, unfortunately, in the mid-90s, they shot themselves in the foot and got into the Civil War where there were rival series that confused fans and watered down the sport and the whole thing. Um, but they've been back together for the last, I want to say, maybe eight, nine, ten years. And the series has really been building back up. And I'm biased because, I mean, I've been watching it since forever. and it was. But I'll tell you, they found a really neat balance between keeping the cars all competitive with each other. They race road courses and the street even, and the ones on city streets and ovals. So you get a little bit of everything. And I mean, the racing is really exciting. You, you still have the big dog teams, but the cars are the same enough that if someone gets the right setup, they can really get up there. And, and I mean, it really changes up who wins. I want to say that there was one or two years that for the first eight or nine races, there was a different person that won the race. And there was like the top three was markedly different between each race. And they, um, so check out IndyCar. It's on NBC or NBC sports. And there's, they do some really exciting stuff. So I'm just putting my plug out there for the IndyCar series. Well, on that note, thank you gentlemen for being here again. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. All right. Uh, we're going to go ahead on over to this, uh, victory lane and, um, we're going to pull maybe a, uh, that kind of felt like a, was that, um, what am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Rocky. Is that Rocky two? No, it would have been Rocky three. Is it Rocky three when they're running on the beach together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apollo and Rocky. Yeah. I kind of felt like the end of days of thunder was like a, that scene in Rocky three. When they're yeah. like ra- racing each other down the track. And it, yeah. But anyway, very different movies. Uh, Robert Duvall, obviously not quite as built, 
as Apollo Creed, but you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll get there someday. So that's going to do it for Days of Thunder. That's going to do it for this episode of the 30 Something Movie Podcast. In the meantime, be excellent to each other. Uh, go watch some good racing, go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time.